A lot can happen over the course of 15 years. People fall in love, get married, may or may not have kids. Cities transform, fall on hard times, and even harness some of the good times. Investment is made in downtown cores, and hockey arenas are reimagined and built where a casino and bus shelter once stood. My point? Change marches on. Unfortunately, some things remain the same. The Edmonton Oilers have qualified for the playoffs three times over 15 years. Three times. Now, they did reach a Stanley Cup final in the second round of the playoffs in those 15 years. <clears throat> Flames fans. But let's face it. This is not a franchise used to winning over the previous two decades. Some say th- three times the charm, and well, well, you look at that. It's the Oilers' third time qualifying for the playoffs in the time period I chose to make this intro work. And hope springs eternal. Oilers fans everywhere are planning their arguments about why the team can win. We have the best player in the world. A German scoring machine. Improved defense and a plus-minus not seen amongst those top players ever. Mike Smith looks great, but wait, these are the Oilers. Mike Smith's gonna get hurt. Connor's gonna go, gonna get cold. Toronto has our number, even if we get past Winnipeg. You get the Benz listening to it all, or is it just the voices in my head? The playoffs begin on Saturday, May fifteenth, and arguably the most difficult prize in sports will officially be up for grabs. My liver is prepped. I'm ready to cry once more. Welcome to those Canadian lads. Brad, how are you doing this evening? Journey 16W begins a week from tonight, Jeffrey. How am I? You're asking, how am I? Well, let me tell you, how am I? So good right now. <laughs> so good. There's no Connor. Nope. Connor hasn't broke his leg. Mike Smith hasn't pulled his groin. Everything's fine and dandy right now only one more game to get through on saturday afternoon and then journey 16 w starts for the edmonton oilers how are you bud i'm i'm great you know um obviously with changes in regards to the restrictions here in alberta i have decided to work from home more often than go to the office limit my exposure to my team of course but that allowed me to watch an, an Oilers game at three in the afternoon today which Probably threw me off, to be honest, more than anything for this evening's podcast. <laughs> to me, it should it be is. like it should be midnight now because I watched a hockey game and sat around for another two and a half hours. It is a very disturbing feeling that you haven't even cooked dinner yet, and the game is almost over. Right? Like it's you know yeah. if you're if you're an old per- old person like in your seventies or eighties, you know you're getting ready for bed, so it like it works, right? But you know, <laughs> right now for us. As young, late 30, early 40 folks, you know, it's uh, it's time to get the night started and uh, ramp up some podcasting for a Wednesday night. So I, uh, pretty I, pumped, I, bud. I am, I'm pumped too. Like we're going we're gonna to dive into some playoff action, which will be great. Some predictions will be made. But I do have to point out that, oh, this is going to make me sound like an old man. But when you, in the fabled past, when you were able to go to games... <laughs> <laughs> some won't remember those times remember but, son when you could go to a hockey game <laughs> but there would be a saturday game at two in the afternoon and i would make dinner reservations at one of our favorite places downtown for like six o'clock you know get out of the oilers game go have dinner uber home because now i've been drinking since two o'clock and probably had two bottles of wine at dinner and i'm in bed at eight forty-five. it's a miracle of a saturday <laughs> that's a great day I, you I, if you get to do that again, 
That's amazing. As I said, fabled times. We'll we'll have to see how, what happens with that. So, so stop the spike. Stop the spike. <laughs> <laughs> so, as you were alluding to, we are we are on the precipice of another NHL playoff starting, and right now, nothing has gone wrong for the Oilers. They just have you to sneak through a Saturday game against the Canucks. The Oilers, you know, we they're not pretenders, as Rasmus Anderson once called them. They're the real deal. <laughs> you know, North Division, second place. You know, they got off to a bad start. If they wouldn't have got off to that bad start, who knows where they'd be sitting right now today. I'm not saying in first place, but um, you never know. Uh, but that being said, this is exactly how I wanted it to play out. So let's <laughs> let's take a look backwards. Let's go back in the time machine. Sure. Every time the Edmonton Oilers have played the Winnipeg Jets in a playoff series. They have gone on to win Lord Stanley's Cup. Did you know that? Um, I, I, did, I could not recite that fact per se. I knew you were going to bring up the fact that they're playing the Jets and how much the Oilers have owned the Jets in historical times. As I pointed out in previous podcasts, none of these players were alive back then. But yeah, sure. It, the omen looks good. Last time, 1990, buddy. Mark Lamb. Mark Lamb, two game winners coming back down from 3 1 <laughs> against Mo Mantha's Winnipeg Jets. Uh, Baba Senzaza in net for the Jets. It was a it was a glorious time. I was 10 years old. Uh, yeah. now, now it's Connor's team. Now it's Connor's team. And uh, the lore, the ownership of the Winnipeg Jets will continue as they've been backing their way up through the NHL season into the playoffs. They have, uh, they've stalled the truck and they're just creeping in. Um, they better get off to a quick start because this could series could get, uh, get done quite quickly. And I hope so. Cause we need our rest against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah, I, I do, you know, had in a normal time, uh, you erase what's been taking place in Winnipeg over the last 14 or 21 days. And I would say that, yeah, this could be a really good matchup. Um, the Jets look horrific right now. And I, I don't know if it's just a bunch of things added up finally. Uh, Hellebuck looks completely different than he did last year. So uh, I think the Oilers will play well against the Jets. But of course, like, uh, dear listener, you obviously don't know the entire history of Brad and I in regards to our how we handle the stress of being Oilers fans. Brad is the eternal optimist. He is excited. He is always ready for their next win. I, on the other hand, am twice bitten or once bitten, twice scorned. I just expect the worst, but I am hope. I do believe that the Jets will fall to the Oilers in this, in that series. I just want to feel hatred towards another hockey team. And you can't really do it during the regular season other than Calgary. But once that puck drops on Wednesday night next week, I'm going to fucking hate the Winnipeg Jets <laughs> for at least five games. They're wanna... dead to me. Dead. <laughs> they can go to hell. Their city doesn't even have an airport, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I like how long Social that's last. I like how long that's lasted for. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> fucking Winnipeg. It's a friggin' butt mark on, a, on Canada. I don't. I don't think I can hate the Jets. Mainly no, you can't. Don't no. say that. You're gonna fucking jinx the team. It's got my hate has nothing to do with it. If my hate, yes, it if, my, if my hate had effect on this world in a positive sense for myself, I'd be rich. 
Because <laughs> I, I hate a lot of things and it hasn't worked out for me. I you gotta I say, hate though. It's playoffs. Whatever comes out of that Toronto Montreal series, though, I I despise both those teams. So the, don't worry, the hate will come in the second round. It, that's that's very easy for me. So oh man, but what if they all, don't make it out of the first round? Oh, I know that's <laughs> that's, that's, that's that that is sitting in the back of my head. I'm not a uh, I'm not dumb to the fact that the Oilers have let us down. They only let us down last year in the bubble. In the play-in the round, play-in round it wasn't even. The yeah, play-in. we didn't even get into the Stanley Cup playoffs, yeah. and they. Oh man, that was a that was a huge letdown. So, but it's different this year. I I I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. I there is something about that though, where you're like, yeah, you can be excited about your team and think that, oh yeah, th- this is going to be a cakewalk at least until the second round. Um, but I will admit to cast your mind back to 06, where I. I think the Oilers have beaten Detroit and if Calgary had won their series against Anaheim, I'm going on foggy memory, they would have played each other. And for my friends who are Flames fans, I was like, this could be either fantastic or I'm going to have to kill myself. (laughs) You know, it, uh, I don't know if I'm ready for that in my life. Um, I'd have to hit the, uh, the treadmill and, and do a little jogging before, uh, uh, a playoff series between Edmonton and Calgary get the uh, the heart stronger. Um, you know, don't want to end up uh, you know uh, having a having a uh, having a backup, a clog up in the old heart. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I'm uh, I'm ready for the Winnipeg Jets. This is the team I wanted um, at the beginning of the year. They scared me, but uh, they are not the team they said they were. When uh, they oh. were going, when they were going, on. so uh, they do have Lowry, they do have Dubois, uh, but uh, I don't think that's going to be enough. I think uh, Connor and Leon are going to have uh, all cylinders firing in this playoff series. Um, we're going to find a unsung hero, and I think his name is going to be uh, James, the real deal, Neil. Um, he is waking up uh, <laughs> at the right time. He is going to be the uh, unsung playoff he- hero. He's going to be our uh, John Druce of the 1990 Washington Capitals. Um, <laughs> the Fernando Persani of the 2006 yeah, Stanley can, Cup. Can we keep it within the last two decades? <laughs> no. Nope. John Druce. <laughs> Somebody had posted a video, uh, a picture of a VHS tape. And I had this VHS tape. And they're like, how many times? Did uh, you watch this? It was called The Quest for the Silver Dream. And it was the story of the 1990 Edmonton Oilers and their journey to win the Stanley Cup. I had watched that video, no word of a lie, uh, at least a hundred times. A hundred times. I, I, I can like I, I can visualize that fucking movie in my head. That's how much I've watched it. I don't think I can honestly uh, say I've ever seen that video. Oh, we got to yeah. for it. <laughs> oh, it's so good, Jeff. Well, we'll definitely see who steps up. I unfortunately, once again, because I am a scared fan um, and I'm not going to sit here and say Mike Smith was the MVP of this team when you have Connor McDavid doing what he did this year. But this this playoff run is going to be on his shoulders through the whole thing uh, after Koskinen's last. Well, not his last outing because he's looked a little bit better. But um, after that four goal and infinite goals against average uh, from a couple of games ago, I, I don't have a lot of faith there, man. 
as long as Mike Smith doesn't pull a hammy, I think uh, I think that's the last we've seen of Miko Koskinen for a long, long time in Edmonton. So um, he can sit on the bench. He can get a you know a, a, a best seat in the house view of the uh, of the playoff run here. But uh, I think uh, he's going to be taking a, a bit of a seat here uh, for the next few weeks uh, as the Oilers uh, journey on, journey on. And I think it's it's good, pretty fitting too because I agree I don't want Koskinen anywhere near the net, but I, and I do believe it's Winnipeg where the backup goalie has to go sit on the other side of the rink. <laughs> oh, it's perfect. We, we they don't even have to see him. Just, like, well, no, they look at him the whole time. That's the yeah. problem. <laughs> oh no, he just has his cap on and he'll be sitting there just all sluggish, you know, like taking shots. knowing what's going on, taking shots of vodka. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with his mask up, it'll be fine. They don't want me to play. <laughs> so. Obviously, it sounds like we're fairly confident that we're going to see the Leafs and Oilers in the second round. Oh, my God. First of all, the playoff matchups in the North Division is unreal. So we got the Oilers and the Jets. And then we have the eternal uh, rivalry of the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Montreal Canadiens. I'm not going to lie. I'm watching every single game of that series because it's going to be friggin' awesome. See, I don't know. I, I'll, I'll catch it when I can, but because we haven't seen a lot of the American teams, I'm almost more interested to finally catch some of those games as opposed to the Leafs and Canadians play. It's the Leafs and Canadians. I know, but I've seen the Leafs and Canadians all fucking year. I want to see a team I haven't I, Have you seen the Florida Panthers play once this year? Never. Never. No. But I'll make a bold There's prediction. A team even who's... there? They still have a team in Tampa Bay? The Battle Stanley for Cup champs? The battle for America's Wang is going to take place in the first round here. Oh, it, the I Rednick am, Revi- Riviera yeah, yeah, battling it out. <laughs> so, no, I, I think the playoffs, For I know for myself, I'm going to be definitely, I'm like, finally, I get to see some of these American teams play that outside of highlights on SportsCenter, I have not seen a lot of. Do you, I, you know what team scares me in the States? And I've mm. seen a little bit. They play a lot of their games on, on sports, and I find is the uh, Las Vegas uh, not Golden Knights. The Golden Knights of Las Vegas, Nevada. Well, I think that that they're that standing. I don't know. Maybe at the time of this recording, it's finally been decided. But I know Colorado and the Knights still have an opportunity to swap back and forth. So, so what do you what do you think is going to be happening though? Let, let's say that it stands as it does now, and the Knights are playing the Blues. I'm I'm assuming based upon your comment to being fearful of the Knights that they'll walk right past St. Louis, right? That's a four game sweep. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I'll take that's that. That's a sweep. Yeah, Vegas is, uh, they're dangerous. They're set up. You've got Petro on the back end. you got a solid top six. You've got Flurry and Net. It's uh, it's a good mix, bud. Yeah, outside of, uh, as I said, I am a closet Colorado fan. So if they do match up in the playoffs, i got to switch allegiances. But if Flurry has a, anytime a player like Flurry who's, scorned by his previous team and deemed to though that guy can't play much longer we don't need him and then he just takes the knights to the stanley cup final you know battles his own problems in vegas where they doubt him themselves and then he has a fantastic season this year and potentially will take him far you know it's a great story regardless yeah it's it's that's a team that that scares me out of that uh out of that division but uh, we'll go get back to our our predictions you know i don't want to you know, show all my cards here right off the get-go, but I think that's a pretty uh, telltale sign of what Vegas is, is going to do in the playoffs. But uh, the cool thing is, though, Jeff, is that one team out of Canada is going to make it to the Final Four. Yeah. I don't know. I kind of like, it'd be, it feels not earned. 
What? I, yeah, because the divisions are set up the way oh, they are. I don't know. Fuck. Are you going to put an asterisk on this one already? No, no, I'm not putting an asterisk. You have to play the games you have to play. But though, at the beginning of the season, I will admit, I was one of those people who was like, hey, we're going to see a Canadian team in the top four. That's that's exciting, blah, blah, blah. Unfortunately, I was kind of more resigned to the fact that it would be Toronto at that point in time. But the the thing is, though, too, is like you look at, let's say it's Toronto or Edmonton. Because uh, let's face it, that's how it looks like it's shaping up. And you go back to the traditional divisional settings. Would any one of these teams have made it into the Western Conference or Eastern Conference final? And I think that question becomes a lot more muddied because of the previous divisions they were in. I don't know. You look at uh, Edmonton being in the Pacific. The only one they'd have to get through is Vegas. And that's a tough out. But I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility for the Oilers because the other teams in that division are fucking shit. You the California, the California teams, teams are garbage. Are yeah, the California the, teams are bad. Vancouver looks bad. Mur- Calgary looks yeah. bad. Yeah, they would have been murderers. It used to be murderers row, and now, to be honest, the Oilers are leaning towards that new team of being part of the new murderers row with Vegas and Edmonton, right? So, um, Edmonton's becoming strong. I, I, you know, I, I am the eternal optimist, but I've been burned so many times that yeah, I'm, <laughs> you know. That being said, like this team is different. This team is channeling something different. They seem to be gelling at the right time, playing the right way, right type of hockey. They seem to be coached properly, um, developed properly in their their minor league system with Jay Woodcroft. They are starting to meld into that Ken Holland team now, right? They, they've had a couple now, a year and a bit under Ken Holland. Um, this year was solely his team. Um, he's been able to put some key pieces in place and he didn't sell the farm this year. And now they're set up for a, hopefully a deep playoff run and some excitement going into next year with cap space and the opportunity to truly, truly, you know, cement themselves as a contender with the greatest hockey player in the world. Yeah, or they could flub it. Ah. <laughs> Jesus, man. I I'm your anchor. I just make You're, sure you don't you, you just make sure you don't you float would, away. You know what? The Oilers gonna win the cup one year and you're gonna be like, well, the parade's gonna there's gonna be rain at the parade. No, I'll be I'm standing gonna... <laughs> out there in the rain. I obviously would be very excited if the Oilers won. I just I just limit my expectations. I manage my expectations. Yeah, if the Oiler, Oilers win a Stanley I'll, Cup. I'll, I'll be, lose my mind. No, you will. I know you. you. You'll fucking literally, like, UFOs or Stanley Cup win, that toilet is getting ripped out of the floor. Well, that's what I said. I said I would lose my mind. I think wrecking yeah. my bathroom is losing my mind. Actually, I'm coming over to your place, and I'm going to wreck your deck. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> what are you doing with that lighter fluid? <laughs> I'm burning your deck down! You promised putting your TV outside, so I get to come over and get excited on your decks. So. prepping, buddy. It's prepping. We need get-togethers to start happening again. We need to stop the spike. Stop the spike! Yeah, yeah. Okay, so... No, I buy your argument that the Oilers, based upon previ- the previous division, yeah, you're right. I am I discounted it a little bit too much. I, I do wonder if maybe Arizona would have looked a little bit better based upon playing different teams, maybe beating up on Calgary and Vancouver a little bit. But at the same time, yeah, you're right. Edmonton would have been in the top top of the class there. So. You're fucking A-rights, they would have, bud. Okay, but what about Toronto? Toronto. 
Toronto, I do not honestly, based upon like what the Panthers look like, uh, Bruins lightning. I don't think Toronto would look very good pe- playing those teams five or six times over the course of a season. So, or at least I think they would have brought down, brought, been brought back down to earth. So that's a tough one because they're not the Leafs of yesteryear, like last year. Uh, they are the new Leafs, you know, Joe Thornton, uh, Wayne Simmons, you know, they've got grit, Jason Spezza, you know, they're a different team. Matthews has got an ungodly shot. That guy's shot is like unreal mm-hmm. um mitch marner's obviously fantastic yeah. yeah yeah i don't think you can compare this year to any other year it's just tough that being said they won the division and i'm giving them their credit they won it fair and square they have the most yep. consistent team and they worked hard they they played a team game and they got there they got there so uh good for them now we have to play them hopefully in the second round they got to get through Montreal first, and they're Montreal's a cagey team. They scare me. That's the team I didn't want. Well, I, it'd, they, be, it'd be awesome if Montreal does knock out the Leafs. <laughs> oh, if they <laughs> knock out the Leafs, buddy. We're we're going to the the conference finals. Yeah, I would think so. I I love though too that like because it's Toronto, there is a quote unquote debate about who should be starting in net after Campbell having a phenomenal. Uh, season and taking over for Anderson, but because Anderson may or may not be healthy, therefore he should be back in. But I'm like, does this not smell wrong. of Doug Flutie and uh, what's the name, Rob? Uh, Rob Johnson. Rob Johnson. Yeah. Does this yeah. not smell of the Buffalo Bills? They Flutie gets him to the playoffs, and then yeah. no, nope, we're gonna put Rob Johnson in. It's like, oh god. <laughs> oh, Rob Johnson. Uh, yeah, I know. It, it's amazing how you theoretically have a... Well, and that's... Once again, this is the issue. You have a team that got to the playoffs, was well-coached, uh, well-managed, and then can fuck it up immediately. That can happen in any sport, and it very well could happen in this NHL playoffs. So, you imagine, like, we've not seen the playoffs for a number of years or success. Can you imagine being a Leafs fan? Oh, the last time they had success really was in what ninety three, or nine? Yeah, was it ninety three? Maybe ninety four, but yeah, no, like uh, ninety three because the uh, what's it called won the cup in ninety four. Uh, the king or not the kings? Um, Canadians? No, the Canadians. Uh, New York Rangers. New Rangers. Sorry, Rangers. Yeah, you're right. It was yeah. ninety three. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I once again, I, I'm not going to repeat the story I said when we had Flames fan Kyle on the podcast, but. Um, Fan, Toronto fans don't choose their team on success. So, and anytime somebody has something to say, I just go 67. That's all it is, man. 67. Oh, she's going to be brutal. She's going to be brutal. Fan bases in Canada, though, going up against each other, Jeff. This is going to be fun, right? Like, I'm kind of excited because, like, Winnipeg fans are pretty passionate. And I think there's going to be some kind of cool stuff coming out with the fans uh, during the playoffs. I've already seen... Uh, cars going through the city honking their horns um that might catch a wave we might see trains of cars going past rogers place after a a huge win you know honking their horns for the boys uh who knows right like uh we'll see what the 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 team tries to do in regards to pump up and provide some atmosphere in the building if they can uh you know do anything uh but uh Man, this is uh, I'm excited. No fans, fans or not. This is just pure hockey, pure best on best. Um, you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be so good. So I 
I am not envious of the marketing department for any one of these franchises that has to, you know, create a wave of excitement um, amongst the city where fans can't get get involved. Um, it is, don't get me wrong, uh, you don't have to sell hockey in Edmonton. Edmontonians are going to get up for the Oilers no matter what. But man, it's it's tough to when you don't have that fan atmosphere taking place or the people outside the stadium cheering as the game ended. That that's a that's a big thing of playoff hockey. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see what they can put together. But I'm not envious of trying to come up with those ideas. I heard a cool theory though, because obviously there's no border opening anytime soon in Canada, in the U.S. So we're not going to see one fans in the stands um, during the playoffs in Canada, and we're not going to see the final four uh, being played in your home city. If it's Toronto, Edmonton, Montreal, or um, Winnipeg, (laughs) it's not going to win Winnipeg. Anyways, (laughs) um, (laughs) I heard a cool theory though, the other day that they might like get a, a team, a, a city that either isn't in the playoffs or has been eliminated that can have fans in the stands, uh, be the host of a, of a potential uh, Canadian team. And uh, I think that would be pretty cool. You know, it gives them a, a pretty fair advantage with having some excitement in their games, if that's the case, uh, if they don't go to a bubble. But what do you think of that, uh, that strategy instead of going into a bubble down in the States where you have uh, an NHL team go and, and, you know, at least have some sort of fan coverage? And, and you know, there's, there's places in the States, Arizona, Houston, Texas, uh, Dallas, you know, that there there's there's Canadians there that uh, would probably make the trek to support uh, a Canadian team, right? Yeah, obviously I I'll, yeah, that's better than a bubble in my opinion. Um I don't know how scared the league's going to get as they get closer to their final four and trying to decide if they do have to limit uh how much travel and how much exposure the teams have to go through. Um quite frankly, if it is the Oilers going down to Arizona and claiming either Arizona or Dallas as their home stadium for the final, for the final two rounds. I think it's great. Um, I obviously we're not going to be there. Um, but if they do have some people in the stands and like you said, Phoenix is full of Canadians, Texas is full of Canadians and you know what? It just might be, it's just think about how much easier it'd be for the teams to travel and not have to deal with everything. Um, just go to one of those states that just doesn't seem to care anymore is opened up and let them let them go about. The team will be smart about not exposing themselves where they don't need to be exposed. Tallahassee, go to Florida. Go to Florida. Yeah. Open, it's open. It's wide open. Oh, I, I think actually every state we named is wide open. Even California is pretty much opened up now. It's Isn't that wild? I know. And you think it was like the most lockdown area and then Canada's doing Canada things. But, but no, as I said, like if... If if the and especially when the NHL has come out and said, well, well, the American teams that have been vaccinated, they're we're not going to have as tight restrictions on them. I don't know what the status of the Canadian teams are. I don't. I can't imagine that they're fully vaccinated. But hey, you want to go be able to play down in Dallas, and we'll let you kind of free free wheel it down there. I say go for it. So yeah, I don't think the well one the Oilers can all you know take access of vaccinations now. So we'll see what what you know comes down the pike with that. they get their AstraZeneca in their arms or their Moderna or Pfizer, the champagne of COVID vaccines. Well, I don't think anyone's getting AstraZeneca anymore. So <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't matter where you live in North America. That poses a problem for me, Jeff. But anyways, uh, <laughs> that being said, no, the uh, the playoffs, I am so pumped 
to see what's going to come down the pike here in a week's time, Jeff. A week. We're a week away from the Stanley Cup playoffs. Well, actually, it's Saturday. Bruins play on Saturday, so you can already take We can get prepped, but the Canadian team oh, okay. is really important here. Okay, okay. All right, so yeah, what, what, what do you think is going to transpire over the course of this playoffs? All right, so let's break it down. Let's give uh, our Canadian lads playoff predictions uh, as of the first week of the playoffs. Because it's Wednesday, playoffs are starting Saturday. Where do you want to start? What division? Uh, well, at the top of my list is the East, so let's do that. Okay, you break down the series for the East, Jeff. Because <laughs> I don't have it in front of me. Okay, all right. So uh, we got Pittsburgh versus the Islanders to start off. What do you all think? Right. Is KG Lou has KG Lou built a team that can take out Brian Burke's Pittsburgh Penguins? No. Okay. Said the kid. <laughs> Said the kid. Takes that series. That's a a five one no a four one series. Five four one series. Okay, all right. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the same answer you gave mainly because I like a story and the idea that three Philadelphia Flyers might get the Pittsburgh Penguins to the Stanley Cup final. So I'm stick. I'm going with that. So uh, Capitals versus Bruins. Ooh, is Tom Wilson playing? I hope so. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Uh, because Zidane Chara is playing his old team. Taylor Hall is a cancer in the room. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with the uh, the Ovi Chicken Capitals. That, but that's going to go seven. That's a seven-game series. A seven. Okay, well, I'm going to go the reverse. I'm going to take Boston. And I'm going to say I'm going to say playoff hero Taylor Hall. Shows everyone, oh. It shows everyone in the world that he has just been a victim of circumstance. Taylor's home. Taylor's yeah. home in Beantown, baby. It sounds like he wants to stay there. So, no, I, I'm going to give the Bruins a shot. I'm going to get them through past the Capitals. Okay. So, into the Central. The Carolina Hurricanes, a team I have not seen once, even in highlights, versus the National National Predators. You know what? Uh, I have paid a little attention to the Canes, the Caniacs, as they like to be called. Um I'm not a big fan of their team, but I, you know, they just pop up. They're they're burnt into my my brain because of the 2006 loss um, we endured in uh, the Stanley Cup Championship that year. Um, I hate them. I uh, hate Rod Brendamore's face. Uh, oh, I'd I'd say that to his face too. How can you hate uh, Rod Brendamore? I hate him. Why? He's great. Ever, how many times have you watched the the image of him hoisting the Stanley Cup, Jeff? I don't rewatch painful memories. I also don't go I watch, do. I don't re- go rewatch videos of my dad yelling at me at Christmas. Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> we need to rehash that, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> what did you do? <laughs> See, I like Rod Brandenburg just for the pure fact that he decides to play Frisbee in Edmonton in the bubble with his shirt off and as a like a fucking 50-year-old can pull it off. So I give Rod the credit on that one. Plus, I also so give him you- he did you won't watch painful videos of him hoisting the Stanley Cup, but you'll you'll watch videos of him with with his shirt off. What's oh going yeah, on? no, I'm fifty fifty at least. <laughs> I'm I'm fine. I'm fine with that. But I, as I said, I'm going to go purely based on no education on this. I think Nashville outperformed in the second half of the season. They shouldn't have made the playoffs to begin with. I'm going to say the Canes take them out. So yeah, in, the Canes in, are for real. Six. The Canes are taking it. Yeah, in six, I'll say six. Yeah, I'm going to say four. It's a sweep. All right. All right, interesting. Break out the brooms. All right, the greatest city in America, Tampa Bay, 
takes on Tampa the Panthers. Bay. Tampa Bay. Can Tampa, Stanley Cup championship. Can Tampa Bay repeat? Can they continue the Tampa Bay trend of winning? What say you? Florida Panthers. Six games. Right. Win it. The Tampa Bay Lightning will have the hangover. Um, they've had injuries throughout the year. Is Stamkos even playing? I'm uncertain, but I believe he is. I'm um, uncertain, though. <laughs> that says it all. We have not paid a lot of attention through the entire league, like most years. Like we would, we'd be paying attention to mostly all the teams because you'd end up seeing them and there'd be a lot more coverage. But um, no, I'm going to go with Florida. Joel Quinville's got those guys playing hockey. Uh, <laughs> Old time hockey. That's that's great announcing. <laughs> These guys are playing yeah. hockey. <laughs> They're playing sports. Yeah. No sports. This is, once again, a completely uneducated opinion. I'm going to go with Tampa Bay squeaking past there. Yeah, I'm going to go Florida. Okay. All right. Let's we'll go up. back and mark these down. Well, <laughs> yeah, we'll, somebody will have to send it to a email to us after they listen to this, if anyone does. But all right, let's Ooh, wrap I up. do have a listener question for later, too. We have our oh. first listener question. So okay. I'll, I'll it, throw it out. I think it's for you, actually. So ho- hopefully it's better than the listener comments I've been getting lately. <laughs> but <laughs> let's uh, let's let's wrap up the East. Okay, Pittsburgh. Uh, well, who's coming out of there now? You got Pittsburgh, and you got uh, I believe the Capitals, right? Who's coming out? Yeah. Hmm. I would say the Capitals. Okay. Well, I'm going to go with Pittsburgh. So. We're going to, uh, I was going to say we should put a wager on this, but uh, we already have a wager going on with the CFL XFL thing. But uh, I, I do think the Penguins are ultimately just the class of that division, um, especially after starting off a little bit rough. They'll bounce, they'll bounce through. You know what I'm going with though? Is it Ain't Chara and the Tom Wilson factor? Chaos. Oh, chaos. I love chaos. So yeah, bring on the chaos. Okay, so the Penguins, who are they who are the Penguins Capitals going to lose to in the against the Hurricanes or what do you what do you got? I think the Hurricanes squeak through. Yeah, the Hurricanes are the class of that okay. East or whatever you want to call it. They're they're the class. Traditional East. <laughs> yeah, traditional East. <laughs> yeah. All right, well I'm going to at the end of the day, I'm going to say I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to say Pittsburgh and Carolina are in the final two out of there. And let's roll down to the West. Ooh, the West okay. Division. Let's skip over our lovely uh, North. What the hell is our division called again? The Scotia the North. Scotia North <laughs> Division. Let's skip. Let's skip over the Bank Division. All right. Uh, I'm assuming that uh, you think the Knights are going to get past the Blues, as we said. Are the Wild going to be able to do anything against the Avalanche or Knights, whoever they play? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> There's not a chance in hell. They've got Cam Talbot in net, and uh, he lets people down. And his twins twins as well. (laughs) I I have a little bit of an emotional pull. Assuming they get past the avalanche, I will be pulling for Talbot to... Why? To redeem his name, man. The guy played 72 games for the Oilers one season. Give him a little credit. Did he win the games that count? Okay, other than a handful of goalies over the last uh, ten years, uh, bu- 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 no, so, well, whatever. <laughs> I'll be I'll be pulling for Talbot to redeem his name, but I do ultimately think the Avalanche and the Knights are going to w- play each other with the Colorado Avalanche winning that division. So, I'm going to go with the Golden Knights. All right. Yeah. And finally, 
Are the Oilers going to get past the Golden Knights then? I want to know. Do you think the Oilers are going to come out of the Scotia North? I don't. <laughs> I don't. Why? Because of the ga- Toronto games I watched all season. <laughs> because of how many times I watched Toronto just completely own the Oilers. Um, I don't know why certain teams match up well against other teams. Um, I think Montreal uh, about three weeks ago looked like they'd figured out a game plan against the Oilers. That's fallen apart on them. But Toronto almost ne- almost didn't falter when they were playing the Oilers. No matter what the Oilers tried to change up on them, Toronto just seemed to take them apart. And even times when I think it was right when Anderson went down and Toronto was cycling through whatever goal attenders they had, they still held the Oilers at bay. And I unfortunately, I think that's going to continue on in the playoffs. Jeff? Have you ever heard the term rope a dope? Yeah, are you saying that Tippett planned this like four, four this months? Planned. You're, this you're, is planned. You're, this is planned. Oh, okay. they they leaned uh, back on the ropes. They took a few haymakers, few pumpkin busters to the head. They just laid back. They're waiting. They're waiting in the weeds for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Connor is going to have his coming out party in the playoffs against Austin. Yeah. You understand that the whole rope dope thing and boxers feeling each other out in a fight isn't over a five-month season, that it's over a couple rounds like Canelo did on Saturday in the first. But Hockey. It's not. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, then you, you have the you Oilers beating the, the Knights then in your crazy world where the rope dope plan was planned since. Well, we don't know who they're going to play, Jeff. We don't know who the Oilers <laughs> are going to play because That's of the how it's set up. That's the whole point of this freaking conversation about the predictions. No, we don't know how in the final four who they're going to play because it's all about uh, their like points percentage percentage. Oh, right. Yeah, you're right. That's a, that's a stupid rule. That's Anyways. dumb. Anyways, the Oilers will be coming out of the North Division. It's okay. going to be seven games against the Toronto Maple Leafs. It's going to be epic. We're going to see overtimes, but the Oilers are going through. They're going to go to the final four. And I'm just going to hold my predictions until they get out. Because I've had a vision. <laughs> Look, if somebody's asked me which one of us drank based upon the nonsense you talk about on this podcast, I'm going to say, like, I wouldn't be able to defend it. I'd be like, no, no, it clearly is Brad compared to me. I think I think the Coke Zero has fried my brain. Yeah, a vision. But- so what you you woke up dreaming. You got something you got something to share? No. I no, I just I have a I have a weird premonition. You, you know, you, you have to write it down and put it in a sealed envelope somewhere because otherwise no matter what you say, like I saw this coming. That's total bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so maybe it's just hopeful optimism. All right, all right. Well, so you've reserved your chance. you've reserved your picks. That's fine. I I'm totally good with that. Uh obviously as the playoffs roll on, we will we'll come we'll revisit this and see if your vision is coming to fruition. I Do you want to make a, a choice who is gonna win the Stanley Cup? Um mm, my gut tells me it's between Colorado, Vegas, and Pittsburgh. Okay. That's my gut. So Okay. You? I can't say. It's a premonition. <laughs> Oh my god! 
All right, we're going to have to switch gears slightly while we wait for your premonition to come to fruition. Uh, Before we jump off the Oilers talk, though, um, I don't know if you've heard rumors of Adam Larson getting a four-year deal. Obviously, I I don't think money has been uh, leaked out or like that. What are your thoughts on Adam Larson sticking around for their four years? I love it. Good. I've nicknamed him the Terminator. He is a perfect player for this team. You know, going back to the Taylor Hall thing, you know, people didn't want to see Taylor go, but um, we got the shutdown defenseman that this team desperately needed, you know, right shot, shutdown defenseman, not sexy by any means, uh, but um, he does his job and he does it well. And in this team with this team now, um, he is the perfect player on the back end. Um you know, sign them up for four more and let's keep going. I will, I will disagree slightly and say that nurse is probably the better player for the back end currently. And I think he will be locked up for some time as well, but they're two I, different players though, Jeff. Yeah. But I'm saying nurse is the perfect player, not Larson. No. There you okay. go. Uh, Larson. I do like I'm Larson a lot. I've spent a lot of time defending him um, to people who apparently are unhappy with his ability to move the puck. I think this year he did correct that a little bit and, you know, all, you know, all care, all care and thoughts towards Adam Larson and the tough situation he went through last year. I think he obviously got his head straight. Um, and let's face it, when you lose a family member, like your father, that's a tough thing to go through and who else knows what was cascading down on him. But, you know, he has had a fantastic bas- uh, bounce back season. Looks great. They lock him up for another four years. I'll definitely not complain. You know who I'd keep? Ethan Bear. <laughs> Ethan. That guy's awesome. Oh, did you watch the game this afternoon? Did you, did you catch it? I anyone? had it on in the background. Oh, Ethan Bear and Caleb Jones looked like fools on that third goal for by the Canadians. It was horrific to watch. They're, they're this year's version of the... Uh, they're not Dick Tarnstrom. Like, gas can and, <laughs> no. and, a, and, a, and, a, and a barbecue lighter. That was Dick Tarnstrom and Bergeron. Bergeron. They are not that. I'm not buying that. <laughs> these two <laughs> These two are good. <laughs> they do have some pedigree. So, yes, it's uh, it's exciting. I have to go to our, our listeners, uh, our one listener who's asked a question. So, thank you, dear mm. listener, who has asked a question. But uh, they wanted to get your thoughts on uh, Tim Tebow uh, potentially joining the Jaguars as a, as a tight end. <laughs> Um, okay, I'm gonna go from this from two per- two perspectives. Tim Tebow was a bad NFL quarterback, possibly an okay football player as a college football player, a terrible NFL quarterback. Um, is he an athlete? Yes. Uh, can he play tight end? I have. No fucking clue. I guess we will find out. Um, So I think it's a joke for the most part. But from a business perspective, you are having his former college coach bring him in. And you are going to sell a metric ass ton of Tim Tebow jerseys. And it's probably worth a dollar value just to sign him up. Nobody cares about Jacksonville. If you can get any star power on your team, you might as well take it. And let's face it, they're going to be a they're going to have a tough year anyways as they develop their new quarterback. And whatever, you sell some jerseys, good for them. But I will say though too, and I don't usually go down this path. 
Uh, I, quite frankly, I think opportunities come to you. Sometimes it's justified. Sometimes it's not. Um, with how many quality players are available, whether it be tight end or quarterback, Tim Tebow is never the right choice. And there does seem to be some privilege there that I don't know if it just originates from his name and who he was in college, but uh, there is no reason for that to guy ha- for that guy to have an NFL contract other than so apparently people like him. So there you go. He's the Stuart Smalley of NFL players. Gosh darn it, people like him. They do. I, I like fuck it. I I respect the guy for trying to grind it out and you know baseball. He should have moved to tight end or or fullback when he was like run out of the league as a quarterback. But um, but I don't know with the amount of players who are better than him at both of the positions he is going to try to play and once did play. It does seem weird that his name keeps coming back up. So those are my thoughts on Tim Tebow. All right, dear listener. I hope you're satisfied because I don't have a take because all I know is Tim Tebow. He likes Jesus and he plays football. If you were a Denver Broncos fan in that first season that he went and he took, he took the Broncos to the playoffs with a terrible record and throwing horrible play. And then he beat Pittsburgh in the opening round of the playoffs. I'll give credit where credit's due. It was an exciting game. And I think they won in overtime actually. And he bombed it out for 60 yards to um, uh, Marshall, Brandon Marshall. But this, this guy should not have an NFL contract. And I don't think that's a controversial take quite frankly. So anyways, staking on the football theme, the Edmonton Eskimos obviously had their general football team. I apologize. Obviously it's a, it's ridiculous that the name hasn't been released yet, but the $7.1 million losses that, you know, that stands out. I understand you're paying your, some staff, you're paying your players. The number seems exorbitant to me, but that's not what stuck out to me when I saw that. Through all the articles and all through the transcripts and the conversations that took place about there, do you know what was lacking? What? Any mention of the XFL. Oh, that's not what you did there. (laughs) Oh, Jeff. Oh, I see where you're going with that. Well, first of all, they've all signed Lou Elizondo style (laughs) non-disclosure. Who's Lou again? Well, your listener, if you don't know who Lou Elizondo is, he's the guy driving the bus. He is the pioneer of the UAP UFO uh, phenomenon. Um, yeah, he's the guy who's out there, you know, fighting for all of us little guys in That's the UFO funny. world. Yeah. So, but first of all, they all signed non-disclosure agreements. This is a business strategy, like thing man they're building behind the scenes oh the next big league with the rock (laughs) and redbird capital and hollywood Mm. they're building this jeff that steak is going to taste so good when they (laughs) when the when the saskatchewan rough riders are playing the seattle sea dragons (laughs) in game one of the Continental Football League champion or, or whatever we're going to call the league. Um, it's going to be so cool. It's going to be so cool. 18 game season. You know, it's going to be awesome. TV deals coming out the Yang Yang. 
cool marketing. <laughs> I love. No, I want. I want every listener to understand that I do. I do make fun of Brad for his optimism, but I do it from a place of love because I, I. I do like. <laughs> You're like the yin to my yang when it comes to this type of stuff. I like your optimism for everything that you <laughs> that you believe in. So, do I believe it? Maybe, maybe. But <laughs> I do think there's something cooking here with the Rock. Okay, all yeah, right. There's something cooking here. So, but they're not going to talk about that in their general meetings. <laughs> and we're not frozen. I'm just looking at you. I know. Can you not hear the Range Rover ad? No. Oh, <laughs> I got a Range Rover ad playing over my headphones. Well, Range Rover isn't a sponsor of the show, Jeff, so <laughs> we cannot hear that. Oh, that's really weird. Oh, actually, sorry about that. Yeah, apparently. Sorry, being... dear listener. Sorry, dear listener. <laughs> I'm not I... editing this out. I don't know if anyone else is going to hear that, actually. Well, that was really interesting. I started getting like baseball highlights brought to me by Range Rover while I was sitting here. So. <laughs> I had to locate that tab really quick. Um, okay. Uh, switching gears slightly, uh, maybe to something a little bit more serious. And maybe we have some uh, UFO talk afterwards to kind of lighten the mood or whatever. whatever's on your mind, Brad. But um, I do want to bring up something disturbing, uh, something that uh, actually utterly shocked me. Uh, this afternoon when I when I saw it, but um, uh, I think in Brazil, Brazil, whatever the fuck the name of that town is in the other town, Breton, Breton, uh, a couple Albertans took it upon themselves to raise Nazi and Confederate Nazi youth flags and Confederate yeah, the flags. Hitler youth flag and Confederate flag. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to take a controversial stance in saying that those people should be cut out of our society. And by controversial, I mean, of course, everyone's going to agree with me because this is ridiculous. But, you know, one of the th- I do have to admit that when I did receive um, receive the news from a friend that uh, this was going on, I somehow I'd missed it completely. But um, I had a lot of thoughts that went through my head. Um, I stand up for Alberta quite a bit. I defend Western Canada. I think that for the generality, we are uh, more progressive than people give us credit for. Um, and I like to believe that we're better than that as a society. But um, if you are, you want to be on the fringe of our society and you want to go do that type of hateful things. And I'm a proponent for free speech. I I like that people are able to speak their minds. This is more than just that, that this is an attack on the society and the values that we hold true in Canada and as our society. And one of the things I don't hear enough of too, that bothers me, like I said, this is anti-Semitic. This is against people of color. This is against everything. It's also a spit in the face of the Canadian soldiers who went to war and fought and gave up their lives to preserve freedom on this planet. And I think I speak for everybody when I say, you go fuck yourself. It is unacceptable and feel free to swallow a bullet whenever you choose to. Oh, well, I, uh, I, I can't argue with anything you said. I, when you were saying, you know, talking about it and when I'd seen it, it, the the things that kind of, you know, went through my head are the, you know, the, the images of Holocaust and just the, the terrible, terrible things that, you know, the, you know, 
the Jewish people, the oh, all the so many people that were you know murdered in in cold blood um, by the Nazis in World War II. Um, it's scary to think that somebody would think that's okay, and it's scary to think that there's people out there that um, have these viewpoints still and. Um, it's disturbing to be honest with you, to see that somebody would think that that's a, that's an okay thing to do. Obviously they've got some severe mental health issues. Um, and, uh, they need to, uh, um, maybe figure some things out in their lives because, um, Alberta is progressive. Um, Alberta is moving in the right direction. You might not see it when you go on Twitter, um, <laughs> with the, with the divisiveness of, of yeah. multiple sides, but, um, at the end of the day, we're all, you know, brothers and sisters um, in this province. Um, you know, our parents, their parents, um, multiple generations have built this beautiful place uh, in society where, you know, kids can go to school safely, um, you know, get educated, um, become you know, lawyers, doctors, electricians, pipe fitters, boiler makers, be respected, you know, at all levels of society. I, I'm not like, I'm not, I'm not sorry if I'm painting a picture of Alberta as a great place, but I, I truly believe it's a great place. It's, um, it's diverse. You know, we have a, a very diverse, you know, culturally different society. People are accepting. Um, and then you have hopefully a very minimal uh, amount of pieces of shit out there in, in society who would think this is okay. And um, yeah, to be honest, I, I want to move on. I don't think we need to talk about this anymore because to be honest, they're yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to drag it down a little bit. I just, um, it was something that uh, maybe it did shock me. Um, maybe it was something I didn't expect. And as I said, I don't, I don't post my feelings online. Um, but this is our platform and I, it was something I wanted to bring up. So, and I, th- I think it's a, it's pretty safe to say, and I think most Albertans and Canadians, quite frankly, would agree with the stance, the thoughts and feelings that we have on the matter, but, but you're right. Let's move on to positive matters. Brad, we're coming up on close to an hour here. What? How do you want to wrap up the podcast this evening? Let's wrap it up with some uh, some exciting stuff coming down the pike with our favorite topic du jour. Sure. Coming up this weekend, there'll be a segment on the UAP topic on sixty Minutes, the one of the most respected journalistic uh, news uh, organizations in the world. Uh, sixty Minutes on CBS will be hosting a segment on the UAP topic and there's not a lot of, a lot of hubbub about it, but uh, apparently uh, a lot of people in the UFO circles have been calling this miraculous may because oh. yes, the, the, <laughs> the, uh, the disclosure continues. The, uh, the news continues to, to grow and grow as we come closer to June and this uh, potentially first part of this report that's going to be released. So, I'll be tuning in. I'll be seeing what they have to say. I bet you our buddy Lou Elizondo will be on it. <laughs> Let's hope so. 
Yeah, I hope Lou's on it. He, he won't be able to say anything because he has a non-disclosure agreement. Yeah, uh, it's, it, it's always a good interview when you're not allowed to talk. But. Yeah. Sorry, I can't say anything. I have a non-disclosure agreement. You know, I was doing some thinking after our previous podcast, and I, I found that in retrospect, I've been taking a high and mighty stance about the UFO topic and pseudo acting like a jackass when it came to the idea that, oh, I've heard all this before and I've downplayed some things that I probably shouldn't have downplayed. And I'm going to give you credit on this. You are right. Um, the fact that the general public and you, you gave the example of your mom is now like, Hey, these are real. It is, it is good. And it is pretty exciting that, these are hitting ears and eyes that normally would have skated right past that type of stuff and ignored it completely. And I've poo-pooed that a little bit, but no, this is, this is exciting stuff. It's going to get people talking. I, I really hope that people do see the forest from the trees. And I do think we have to be weary of what the message is and are they going to use it to instill fear in the general public? But regardless it is it is getting people to pay attention to something that realistically has been going on for 70 years and people have ignored for the most part. You know what's wild? There's uh I sent you the note there about Dr. Jacques Vallée. Um uh, we've talked about him a little bit on the on the podcast. Um but he's got a new book coming out. Uh and it got uh it got delayed cuz he needed to add more information to it. But uh the rumors out there that he has debris and he's had it uh, you know, tested through metallurgical uh, testing uh, and all sorts of kind of cool stuff and, and uh, going through a kind of a scientific uh, analysis of, you know, trying to legitimate, you know, make this legitimate kind of science on, on what's going on. And I think that's what you said would be the most kind of shocking thing if they found materials that were not of this earth and were able to prove it. Um that would be a, a game changer for you, I think. And this book apparently might have something in relation to that. So on June 1st, if this book comes out, um, we're going to see. And it, it, it kind of follows a, a potential UFO retrieval uh, by the U.S. government um, uh, outside of the Trinity test um, area for the nuclear bombs. And uh, in, I think it's uh, New Mexico. So. Yeah, and as I said, I, I think that's where the real proof is going to uh, maybe hit home a little bit. Um, we can we can double back on this, but there's a, there's a science thought that I, I had. But I, I think realistically in the time that we're in nowadays, um, there's a lot of talk of feelings, um, feelings I don't share because maybe I'm on the spectrum or something. But but I do think I do think facts um, are going to be what drives this home for the general public. If if we do have definitive proof that there are materials, however they got here, whether it be a crash landing or brought in a peaceful manner for human use, I'm not saying these are the cases necessarily, but it's going to be the proof that we don't create these materials on this planet where it's going to be like, hey, this is kind of, how are you going to argue this proof to a certain extent? And the science will always kind of continue and build upon that. And maybe we will get to that point where we realize where it came from. But it's going to be ideas like that that really, really prove that this is a legit phenomenon. So. Well, I don't know if it's going to be even a phenomenon anymore. It's going to be. Well, it's phenomenal. Know, <laughs> phenomenal science. Phenomenal, right. Yes. And it's, it's reshaping what 
what physics and science is, you know, what it is. You yes, know? absolutely. Like, you know, so it's, uh, it's amazing. It truly is. It's, it's amazing to kind of see, um, this happen in our lifetime, you know, maybe it is black op, you know, vehicles that, uh, you know, the U S government has been testing. Maybe it's things that we've already developed, but, um, you know, some of the pundits out there are saying no. And some of the high level, you know, government officials are saying no. So if it's not an adversary of the United States, be it Russia, China, you know, Iran. I don't think it's Iran. <laughs> no, it's I'm, not them. I hate to downplay a country, but, no, but, it's not but it is interesting though. And um, oh, dear listener, you obviously aren't privy to Brad Nye's texts back and forth, but um, and I'm, I'm going to prefix this under the context that this isn't my true point. So I sent you the idea that the pyramid UFOs are in fact the TR-3B. Now, did you by chance look that up or were aware of that? I did look it up, but it's kind of fable. Yes. And so for the dear listener that doesn't know what that is, um, if, if you read up on this thing, the first line you're going to find is it says it doesn't exist officially. And the idea is that this this human-made human-made spaceship it uses highly pressured pressured mercury accelerated by nuclear energy to produce a plasma that creates a field of anti-gravity around the ship and then conventional thrusters move it around kind of like a i don't know what was that thing that ran over jackie chan in that uh, brooklyn movie it moves around like hovercraft <laughs> this is how my brain works but um the the point of the thing is is like and don't get me wrong i know if you google things and you look for things, it's kind of like when you're like, hey, I'm planning a trip to Hawaii. All of a sudden, all your advertisements are going to Hawaii. I'm starting to find like weird militarized vehicles that I had never heard of before are just popping up on the first page of Google whenever I type in something. <laughs> so I, I think someone's listening. <laughs> they are listening. And they want you to know more about what's going on out there. I think if uh, in actuality, I might be the first time in ever that I watched 60 Minutes. So that was always just a boring program my parents watched. So if they're going to do a full expose on this, I, it might be interesting just to see what they say about it. You're going to hear like, yeah, coming was, up next on 60 Minutes, Lou Elizondo. That was always he has an NDA. <laughs> yeah, that was always the noise I heard when I was a kid. Or I'm like, oh fuck, change the channel. <laughs> <I was like, laughs> yeah, well, just get it on. Get it. Put it on to another football game or something. But um, I'm Mike Wallace. <laughs> I, I did want to digress a little bit, and I, this I'm, I apologize because this only popped in my head when we were beginning the UFO talk about this, and I'm going to get off the UFO thing. Unless you have anything else you want to wrap up about UFOs? No, man. Okay, this has uh, been a very enlightening... We went from sports to white supremacy to UFOs. <laughs> All right. So, so we're going to go into um, a little brief thing about science, and I'm, for the record, I'm not a scientist or even educated. <laughs> <laughs> It's but, the science hour with Jeff. Yeah, yeah. But one of the one of the things I found interesting, and especially in today's social media, you see a lot of uh, follow the science, follow the science, the science. Don't listen to anyone else because there's a lot of falsified information out there. And I'll use I'll use this as an example. It's not just I don't I'm not saying it's false or it's not false, but um, obviously with vaccines, there's talk of um, menstruating women having different menstrual cycles to a certain extent 
And then I'm not saying that's legit, but people are saying it. So it's like you have to do your research. And and quite frankly, we're probably never going to know the true answer to that. I will point out, though, that I found it funny that I saw so many people going like, oh, you can't listen to people posting this on Facebook. I'm like, oh, so we don't believe women anymore. I think, I think, <laughs> I think that's kind of against the message I've been getting for the last 15 years. But yeah, OK, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. But the one thing I did want to bring up here, and I, I'm I'm bringing this example up as in regards to, um, it's not a, an attack on this individual. I actually really respect Timothy Caulfield. I don't know if you follow him on the news. He he's with the University of Alberta. Uh, he's a writer. He's on the news quite a bit, especially about the COVID stuff, and he promotes the science first analogy. And as I said, I, I really respect Timothy's views. Um, I like his tweets. I, I like when he's on the news, but. I, I think I wanted to bring up an example where even the best intentions kind of fall flat sometimes. And the only reason I wouldn't would have picked this up is because of my education and my interest in uh, exercise. But he had retweeted an article from the Washington Post about uh, how the eight glasses of water a day aren't necessary and that we naturally know how much water we want to drink by our thirst levels. And quite frankly, uh, I'd follow that, too. But one of the things that I noticed, though, is that you put that information out, you put that tweet out, and you just leave it as, this is the definitive answer on all things when it comes to hydration. Well, it's not. And the thing is, is the he's not, he's just not showing the entire picture of what needs to be discussed. The correct answer is, if you're a sedentary individual who is working in an air-conditioned building and not exerting yourself then yes, that's the level of hydration you should go for. You don't need to overdrink water and flood your kidneys. Or if you drink so much, you could spoil your brain and kill yourself, which is pretty nuts, actually. What? Yeah. But but the thing is, though, as I said, that's not the be-all, end-all answer for that scientific question. If you are somebody who works you know, in a warm environment that's doing heavy labor, or you're somebody who's going to go run a half marathon on a day that's 32 degrees out, or even golfing... It is proven that even a 1% change in hydration can lead to a 10% change in physical ability when it comes to, I use weightlifting as an example, because that's kind of where these tests are proven. But I, what I wanted to kind of bring out is that despite good efforts by good people, um, the message you can get out is limited by the amount of characters you can type or how long you can get your new, your message on the news broadcast. So it's not the be all end all. You have to do a little bit more research. And I think the key thing is, is when these people give you these scientific answers, do take it upon yourself to go out and do more research. And it's just something that popped in my head and I've been mulling over for a week or so. So sorry to, well, bore, you, sorry to bore everybody. No, you make a good point though. When you think about it, there's a lot of people giving their opinions on vaccines and different things. Right. And if you only take the first person you see who gives you, you know, something you want to hear, <laughs> you know, if you see yeah. something that pops up, it's like, Hey, vaccines are bad. They're going to kill you. Well, you're probably going to take that to the bank. Whereas do some research, figure it out yourself and make an educated decision on what you truly want to do. Right. Just don't take the first piece of advice that you get um, because you think it sounds good. Absolutely. All right. That being said, Brad, any parting thoughts for us? Go Oilers. But the next time we record this, Jeff, we might already have a win in the bag. Oh, yeah. We might have to adjust the schedule depending on when games are being played. We will. We might pull an audible on the listener here and get a message, uh, a podcaster either earlier or later on. But, but I follow your example. I say go Oilers. Let's see what the future holds. And for once in our lives, let's be optimistic. 
Let's believe in something that we haven't believed in before. Jeff, I'm going to get you a t-shirt that says, I believe. (laughs) I want to believe. (laughs) (laughs) And you know what? I want to see you. You can come out. You can come to my house and you can tear that toilet right out of the floor on the main level. We'll just turn the water off first because I don't want to flood. But anyways, dear listener, that single listener out of Virginia, USA, good night. Good evening. Thanks again for listening to those Canadian lads podcast. Give us a follow on social media. We're on the Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And if you like what you heard, give us a follow and share it with your friends. Thanks again and have a great night.